All right, everybody, welcome again to another episode of the Rye Pod. Exactly two weeks past our previous episode where we learned that Virginia Tech had fired head coach Justin Fuente. Well, now they have hired a new man for the job. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about what he means for the university, what's going to be going forward, and then talk a little bit about the other coaching carousel craziness around college football. So, um, but first I'll bring in my wife, Zulamia. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, you know, there's some obvious housekeeping we have to talk about. This game happened tonight. Was a Wednesday. Uh, oh no, I don't want to talk yeah, about that. I, just very quickly, Virginia no. Tech. No. Played no. No. Maryland no. for the first time since mm. we've been dating. Like in a big kind of matchup like this, they played in men's basketball tonight, Wednesday night. Virginia Tech came out on top, sixty-two to fifty-eight. Uh, how does it feel to lose to the Hokies? Not great. Hashtag fire Trojan. That's right. Hashtag love Mike Young. Good guy. Must win. Big win for the Hokies as they go into conference play, their conference opener on Saturday against Wake Forest. That's all I was going to say. I'm not going to gloat. I'm not going to rub it in because it was exciting to finally have a game where you and I actually got to root against each other. Although we did not get to watch. We didn't get to watch together, together because I was working and mm-hmm. you were here and our schedules. Like we talked about last time, our schedules suck. So they do. that's why we're recording this podcast at 11.15 on a Wednesday night. Also, so. exciting thing that you get to do this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, quick, quick thing. Um, this weekend is the West Virginia Football State Championships mm-hmm. in high school sports. Um, I will be covering... Well, obviously it's high school. Okay, well, yeah. So, <laughs> well, I will be heading up to Wheeling Island, which is about two hours northeast of here, covering the Williamstown Yellow Jackets, taking on Ritchie County. That's going to be exciting. We'll be on the sideline and get to do some post-game stuff. And then Ryan bought me a ticket. Someone is going to the game. I'm excited. I have never watched West Virginia high school football ever. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. See if you can I'm gonna my first game in West Virginia high school will be yeah. um, the state championship. There you so go. I think it's a pretty good it's start. Pretty cool. Yeah, we're excited. I'm excited to see those two teams battle it out, and it's gonna be a fun watch. All right. We hope. We hope. Or it'll be, be cold and rainy. Yeah. It's. I think the rain's supposed to have tapered off okay. by then. I hope so. There was rain earlier in the week. It's forecasted for Saturday, but I think it's since died down. So, yeah, excited to talk about all that. But first, got to get to the big news of the week. Virginia Tech has announced they are hiring Brent Pry as their new head coach. Well, the question everyone has on their mind is, who is Brent Pry? And I think, so many questions. I think Solomia woke up to the news on Tuesday saying, I have no idea who this man is. But he well, is, I knew a little bit. <laughs> but that's what a lot of Hokie Nation and Hokie Twitter, their first initial reaction was, well, it's not the flashy name. I don't like the hire. You know, it's you got to do some research, folks. So my first reaction was... Well, he was on your list. He was on my list. And I got to credit, actually, our man Jared. He had the name first way back when um, we shouldn't have been talking candidates because Coach Fuente was still had the job. He brought up the name Brent Pry, and it was very interesting because I hadn't, I hadn't heard about him, and then I heard he was the defensive coordinator at Penn State, and they've always had really good defenses. They were always in the top 25. So. Yeah, I definitely knew that. So, I didn't know, no, I didn't no, know I'm who saying, was the defensive I, no, coordinator. No, I'm saying I definitely knew that Penn State had really good Yes, we knew that. So <laughs> As in, I've yeah, you've seen, seen Maryland be shut out yes. multiple times. Yes. Or almost shut out. Yes, so... Uh, more into who is Brent Pry. Well, let's first go back to 1995 through 1997. He was a graduate assistant at Virginia Tech under Frank Beamer 
and Bud Foster. So he knows the culture. He knows the area. Went to Lexington High School in Virginia. Big time, you know, um, Commonwealth kid. You know, grew up around the area. Lexington's only about an hour north of Blacksburg. I so thought he, he grew up good. in Pennsylvania. He was born in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. But he went to Lexington High School. Got it. So he then, his big um, coaching break was he was thrown, um, he, he, he got on to James Franklin's staff at Vanderbilt back in 2014, 2011, sorry, at Vanderbilt, and then he was moved with him to Penn State in 2014, was named the official defensive coordinator in 2016, and now is finally getting his first chance to be a head coach at the college football level. So more so, my first reaction was, I love the hire. I think it was very important to get someone who has a footnote with Virginia, knows the area, because obviously in the previous administration that was an issue. I think they got lazy in recruiting, and I think this is going to have a big boost in recruiting the Commonwealth, which Virginia Tech had lost to teams like North Carolina, which should make his blood boil that North Carolina is coming into Virginia Virginia and taking our guys. And also, I mean, maybe it's not as much a problem now, but Penn State was getting a lot of guys from Virginia, and a lot of that was Brent Pry doing his work. So I, I like the hire. I think it's it all depends on... You know, the staff that's put around him, what kind of resources are going to be used, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, Solomia, what was your first reaction to hearing that Brent Pry is the new head man in Blacksburg? Um, I thought it was definitely interesting. Um, it wasn't a bad hire, in my opinion, at all. Uh, my, I did not have the Twitter reaction of, oh man, where's the big name? I was more relieved that it wasn't the rumored hire. Yes, yes. so Monday night, and I, I think... Whit knew Whit Babcock, the athletic director. Like yeah, he, I think he yeah. loves this stuff. Like these names, uh, the big names. Well, started on Sunday. It was Matt Campbell at Iowa State, and I was like, oh, okay, we must be paying him a fortune to come here. No, and then the name was Bill O'Brien, who was who is now the Alabama offensive coordinator, but was as everyone knows the head coach of the Houston Texans for a while, and things kind of fell out there. I mean, he's not a bad football coach in terms of X's and O's but yeah. he could he didn't have great relationships with players at the NFL level and yeah thing problems and arose. so sorry so you were that's what you're saying oh so yes yeah, so I was saying that I mean to me I was just relieved it wasn't that it mm. wasn't yeah Bill O'Brien right that was name? yeah Bill O'Brien Bill O'Brien um Billy O'B. it sounded wrong in my head <laughs> His name is like it's weird. It's a it's stupid two name. first names with an O. Yes. It's weird. Anyways, um, so I was excited and interested and I think it'll be a good fit. I like that he's a younger guy. He's what, fifty He's fifty one years 51 old. Fifty one years old. That's not super old, um, but also not super young because you don't want somebody who's going to have a big ego. Mm. Um, and so I'm like, okay, he's not, how old was Fonte? I don't know if he was 40 when he took the job. I'm going to, you keep going. I'm gonna I thought he was pretty, that. I thought, I'm sure he was younger than, um, what's, what, what's your guy's Pry. Pry, oh my gosh. I'm getting Fuente, you solid Okay, Fuente is 45 now. So okay, he was so hired in 2015. He was 39. He was 39. So, yeah, that's my point. So, obviously, there is a big age difference between the two. Um, And I think that is for the better. 
because Fuente, as we know, didn't have a very good um, relation with the media. No. And didn't really know how to express More, his thoughts uh, very well. Not media, yes, but also the fan base. Well, the fan base, you, too. You kind of shut I meant, like, in his press conferences, it, they never went well. Some, like, in losses, it would get a little prickly. They would, al- they would always leave it a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. And so I think a lot of that comes from being young and feeling like, the weight is on your shoulders and not feeling super confident. And so, like, you're going to um, default to being just oddly defensive. While here, I'm hoping with this slight age difference, we're going to have see Pry be more mature about this and more confident in what he's saying. Oh, yeah, that's that'll be very important. I What I also look at is um, one of the things I had on my list, not that I had any input in who Virginia Tech's head, head, head coach was going to be, but someone I wanted was, like, we talked about, you know, winning Virginia back and, you know, opening up the fan base again, someone who can relate to the culture, but also a guy that knows big-time college football. And college football doesn't get much bigger than Penn State, yeah. okay? So he knows what it takes to win in that big-time setting in the highest level, so hopefully he brings that here. My question to you is, does it concern you that he has never been a head coach before? Because I'm not sure it does for me, and I'll tell you why. No. It doesn't. Okay. It does not. Okay. Because I know that was one of the things which... He didn't back himself into a court. He didn't say, I am only going to hire someone who's been a head coach what is before. It? It's been his pattern. It has been his pattern, as we've seen with the Mike Young hire and the Buzz Williams hire and the Justin Fuente hire for that yeah. matter. But I don't think, I mean, everyone's got to get their first head coaching job at some point. Yeah, exactly. And why not start in a place where you're comfortable? Well, and I can't really show examples of this in college just because I don't know college coaches as well. Mm. But you see it in the NFL constantly. Oh, yeah. The next hottest coordinators taking the next head coaching job. Look at Sean McVay. That is his first uh, head coaching position is with the Rams. Yep. Look at um, Kyle, Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Look at Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. Same kind of deal. These are their first time being head coaches at these teams, and it's got they were so good their first time that their coaches that their teams are actually keeping them. It's not yep. that they're bouncing to another team and they're building up their portfolio as head coaches. I feel like if you're going to be a good coach, you're going to be a good head coach, kind of straight out of the. Yeah, I I think um, right off the bat, it, it, there's going to be you know some learning curves. Like he's never had to put his own staff together. He's never had yes. to you know say you're going to recruit Richmond. You're going to Norfolk in that area. You're going to Charlotte. Delegating you know, is going to it's going to be a challenge. He's going to learn, but I think you know that's all part of the process. So now let's get into how he fits. We kind of talked about culturally. I'll say it again, you know, the Virginia footprint's important. I think he's going to be, well, more open to the fans. Maybe the spring game will be televised again. Maybe there'll be, you know, access to scrimmages and stuff. And that's, I think, important to fans to kind of see, to kind of know where the direction of the program is going, whereas mm-hmm. to Fuente, he kept it all, you know, secretive and stuff. And right. It didn't work Quick out that question. way. Because I know, I know Stefanski is an offensive coordinator going to head mm-hmm. coach. McVeigh and his offense and Sam Shanahan. Yeah, they're all offense. So that is my only concern. It seems like when building your 
team, I guess, right? Well, remember, well, the NFL remember, and college are very different. I know, I know. But, like, he is going to have to hire an offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'll right? get to that. I'll and get you to have that. to hire... That is going to be a very, very important. Oh, my goodness. That's... That's every. That's everything. I mean, because if you don't do that right, you could sink your boat. Yeah, let's go to the coaching staff real quick. So it's already been announced that he's keeping J.C. Price on staff. Which is great. That's, which is, so cool that's great. After the win against UVA, it was a no-brainer. It's a, it, that that was a culture thing. That was a culture hire. So he's he's staying on as assistant or associate assistant head coach slash defensive coach. I don't know if he's going back to being a D-line coach. I don't know if he's... But, but not, he's not going to be defensive coordinator. He's keeping him so. there and doesn't know what he wants so, to do. So, Brett Pry, defensive guy. Who's do you think he, he's going to keep himself as a defensive coordinator? That's the question. Is he going to... It depends on... I heard a report that Virginia Tech is going to offer him the resources to get to a, a, get a better staff. Right. Like, there's not... I don't want this nonsense of... Well, Fuente was worst of both worlds because... They didn't give him a big budget, and he just brought his Memphis guys over. Mm-hmm. See, what I don't want is for VT to say, we're going to give you a lot of money, but still have your group of five staff. We'll just pay them more just because we have it. Right. I want him to go to the Big Ten or the Big 12 and get... Mate, I, this is literally just totally random, but what if he likes the way you know Ohio State's quarterbacks have been playing and he wants the Ohio State quarterback coach to be the offensive court? Something yeah. like that. You know, it doesn't have to be a current offensive coordinator in the Big Ten yeah, yeah. because, be I mean, you know, Purdue's, is Purdue's offensive coordinator going to – that's a lateral jump. Yeah. You know, so maybe, like, Purdue has a good – I'm just staying Big Ten because that's where he's been. Mm-hmm. Purdue's had a pretty good offense. Um, Wisconsin's got a good running game, you know. Actually, a better move. Michigan State moved the ball well this year. So, I mean, just – I mean, not that you should do that, but, like, like – what if he liked Rutgers' offense? Which, Maybe I mean, yeah, you know, that is a good place to look at. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not going to. You know, that's a good jump. I'm not going to Florida Atlantic for an offensive coordinator. No, you know, I Memphis. No, I don't know if we're ever hiring anyone from Memphis again. That was a but, bad decision. Wait, I might have just a hot take to you. I think Pry was at one point on the Memphis staff. Really. Oh, crap. He was the defensive line coach in Memphis from 2007 to 2000. That was a long time ago. That was hilarious. That was a long time ago. Um, but anyway. The other thing I was thinking was also I think it's important that he doesn't stay on as the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. because I think as a defensive guy, he needs to make sure he stays the captain of the ship and not yeah. the offensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator. No. I'm saying not the, the offensive because he needs to be able to oversee both. I feel like the, when it... A head coach is an offensive coordinator. He has an easier time playing both roles than a someone who's the head coach and the defense coordinator. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that, and I think so. Um, in order to otherwise, if he's doing both, I feel like the offensive coordinator is going to feel out of sync, and that's not a good thing because then you might have two people butting heads on what they think is great, while instead if you pry solely be the head coach and he's overseeing an offensive coordinator into a defensive coordinator i think things will be a little more balanced which is kind of not that fuente did that because fuente was an offensive guy yes but he would like weirdly take the reins away from cornelson cornelson which just shows you that he doesn't trust his staff well and remember which is Corn- valid with cornelson cornelson had never which is valid. Never, he was terrible. He was, Cornelson had never called plays before. Right. Tech, but is, like that's already caught that's already a problem. You need somebody who can be just a head coach. 
Especially for college, I feel like. So, there was a report today that a, a guy by the name of Sean Quinn, he was the head coach at Savannah State. Mm-hmm. Um, he res- resigned, left, but he's being hired on the Virginia Tech defensive staff. So is that going to be his defensive coordinator? Is that going to be someone on the higher staff? But I think back to the staff, rest of the staff thing. They need to get him eight, nine hundred thousand, a million dollars. Get a power five offensive coordinator, and get someone that's get someone that's balanced, running and throwing. Get build your staff and like make someone good, and maybe don't. Give them a super long contract right away. Well, I mean, because that's a, this those way, contracts are. I don't know if we ever will find out the length of those contracts, but no, we'll know we the salaries. But like, definitely don't dig yourself into a hole. Yeah, is my point. Yeah. Go for a big name, but don't make that big name be something you have to stick through just because you can't afford to get rid of them. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a nice. Um, culture change, a nice reset in the Virginia Tech program, because uh, you know it's been a time of turmoil and it's important. Who, who, like we talked about, J.C. Price? Does Justin Hamilton stay on staff? Does he get demoted down to safeties coach again? I, I don't think he should. I think he should look for opportunities elsewhere to be a defensive coordinator because he's done it. I don't think he's personally. I don't think he can do it at a power a power five level. Mm-hmm. He hasn't shown it to me. Um, so we'll see what Pry wants to do with his staff, and that'll be the first thing. He's going to be introduced at a press conference tomorrow, Thursday morning at 9 a.m. It's going to be a breath, um, breath of fresh air. Breath of fresh air, absolutely. So let's fast forward then ahead. How define, we'll define what a turnaround is uh-huh. and how long it will take for Virginia Tech to get there. A turnaround for me, 10 wins in a coastal championship. And I, in a year? No, I'm saying, no, oh. I'm saying a turnaround from where it is is ten wins coastal championship. And now the question is, how long before we're there? Aha! Uh-huh. I say three years. Two, two to three years. I was gonna say three to four two, years. Okay, but then we gotta be patient. Fuente only had five plus years and was. I know. So especially saying, you have now set so a we, precedent. So we've got to be careful. So we can't say like no. he needs patience because. That's just not a thing in college football anymore. No one's no, patient really if you're not, not winning. But unfortunately, Virginia Tech has set a little bit of a precedence of we don't fire our coaches straight away. Well, this was a pretty strong move to hire a guy that was twelve games to fire a guy that was twelve games over five hundred as a head coach. Yes, no, I agree. It was good, but he was he also stuck around for way longer than he should have. Yeah, I mean it's arguable, but. Um, he should have been fired last year. We so, I think, and I'm not going to go into deep schedules, but I think the recruiting will get better. I think the development of players especially is going to get better. That's something we did not see. Particularly, I mean, you could say offensively too, but defensively, this, the back end is just soft and skinny. And he needs to, Well, it's like your whole point that they, like, they came the same weight. Trey Turner came in as a true freshman at 187. Yeah. He's... He just opted out of the bowl game. He's still one eighty seven. Like he didn't. Yeah, he like, didn't get in the weight room. Yeah, that's another thing. Trey Turner has announced that he's opting out of the bowl game, entering his name into the NFL draft. Wish the best to him. He got hurt. He only played the one play against UVA. You know, so it's not really a surprise to me that he opted yeah. out. But I, I, I mean, it's gonna. I think next year, next season, mm. is not about the wins. It's about the culture. Yeah, player development. 
It's got. We need to be. We need to see strides he's making with his relationships with the players, the way that he's making sure the players are growing, physically and mentally, and then also seeing that these games can't be. You know how like sometimes the games last couple times, even if they were close losses, if they kind of felt like they gave up. It 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 was the close losses were the disheartening. You had the lead late and you blew it. Yeah. It wasn't a we clawed all the way back to lose by three. Yes. See, I want to see. I don't want to see these. We we lost our uh, momentum. We kind of started to give up. We became complacent. That kind of loss I don't want to see anymore. And I think that is something that we can expect, or we can want to see next, uh, next season because wins are not necessarily realistic for next season. Well, I mean... Not look, like if we you, can't I mean, expect a ton of... We can't expect if, to win one. If you look right? at the schedule, I mean... I mean, that's true. The out-of-conference is Old Dominion, Liberty, West Virginia, and Wofford. So that's 3-1, 4-0 right there. A decent amount of games. And then the ACC, I mean, you get home games against Miami and Virginia. You go to Pitt, that's the toughie. But I'm sure he's going to have... I, I think two. next year could be an 8-4 and four kind of... And I think that would be a good year. I think 8-4... and four, I mean... Mm, I'm going to... I'm, I'm, hip, I'm being a hypocrite to myself. Because I'm saying 9-3... and three, I'm saying 10-2 and two is the standard at Tech. But then I'm saying next year 8-4 and four would be an improvement under Brent. See... No, yeah. but it depends on what those wins are like. Yeah. What are what what type of wins are they? What type of losses are they? Yeah. If they are, we clawed our way back and we lost by three, that's not a bad loss. Mm. If it's we stuck neck and neck the whole time and it was whoever scored last, yeah. not great on your defense, right? But you could probably argue that that's better than just giving up. Okay, then going forward, we talked about, you know, going forward as a team. Then I'll quickly talk about recruiting. Early signing day, December 15th, I've seen on Twitter a lot of a lot of commits have said, you know, I'm I'm still a Hokie. I'm going to sign December 15th. Bryce Duke, the running back at Tuscarora High School, shout out Jared, um, is staying committed to VT. He's like a three-, four-star running back. He's coming. Um, Malachi... Oh, I'm terrible for not remembering his last name, but someone named Malachi also committed to VT. So I think that's important. You will get there's going to be players that enter the transfer portal. Of course, I, I mean Knox Kadem, the backup quarterback, already announced he's entered the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. There's been rumors that maybe Tavion Robinson goes into the transfer portal. He was a big Fuente recruit. So it's about you're going to lose guys to the portal, but then we'll see what Brent Pry does in the portal. We'll see who he can bring. Right. If there's a young Penn State kid who isn't getting any burn, who wants to follow him, that wants to follow Pry. Yeah. So, I well, I think he needs to go in the portal and get a damn quarterback well, in there. There might be some Big Ten guys outside yeah. of Penn State who've seen Pry. Yeah. Because they they played him a lot. Yeah. And who might not be getting a lot of field time and are like, hey. Yeah. I'd rather not play backup bench warmer to yeah. Ohio State. Exactly. I'd rather exactly. start at VT. Exactly. Which is what VT needs to be. VT needs to be that school. I mean, I'd love VT to be the equivalent of Ohio State, but that's not going to happen. That, I know it. No. Right? They're not going to be Ohio State. But we would like it to be that the Ohio State players that are just as could be per great for Ohio State, but they just have a ton of great players, right? Mm-hmm. We want those players to think, oh, VT would be a great fit for me. 
Instead yep. of like, I don't know, UVA. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, we don't want Speaking that. Speaking of, how about that game on Saturday? That was wild. So, it's just so satisfying. Usually, you know, growing up, I never saw Tech lose to UVA, but like once in my life, like when I was little, little, mm-hmm. then, so every time we beat him, I'd be like, yeah, you know, just another... Just another win over UVA. It felt great, you know, to beat the rival, to beat the grapes and whatever, but... Yeah. But you always thought, like, well, it's UVA. It's UVA. And, you, you should know, beat them. Right. You should beat them, and, you know, we'll be classy and classy in victory, you know, better luck next time. And then, when they beat us in 2019, and their fans are just awful, every time we beat them now, I'm going all savage on them. And this year, we didn't have a coach. This is one of our worst teams in, like, 20 years. And Virginia had the number one passing offense in America, and they still couldn't beat us. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. They, they still couldn't beat us. We, we live rent-free in their heads. We own them. Soft. That's all I had to say about it. Good for J.C. Price. You get the cut back. Light up a cigar on the field, big man. You deserve it. <laughs> all right. Um, I think it's most of the Brett Pry discussion. Um... People are saying, like, what do you think? I Come to me in two years, and I'll tell you if it was a good hire or not. Yeah. You know, it's, we gotta... I had, you know me, I had these weird feelings about things sometimes. Yeah. And Fuente, I told you I didn't like the hire. You didn't like it, but you still had to give it two to three years. I did, to... but I told you right off the bat, yes, I think this also, isn't going to work out. I know, I understand. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It's a but, great thing. But, what's a nice thing is, I do not have that same feeling now. Hmm. Okay. I do not have a feeling that it's going to be a... Like, if this doesn't work out, I think it's going to be one of those, like, things where it, like, it fizzles out. Yeah. Not that he's taking the program down with him. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yep. All right. So, that concludes our discussion about Brent Pry, new head coach in Blacksbury. Let's now move on to across the country where this weekend we saw a whirlwind yeah, um, of coaching changes that were... Who knew there could be way more interesting things going on than VT hiring Yeah, I know. So... <laughs> We'll talk about which one we each thought more was stunning. I'll bring up just the big two. Lincoln Riley, the hood coach at Oklahoma, departs the day after losing to Oklahoma State. They had a chance to go to the Big 12 championship game if they had beaten Oklahoma State, but they lost. The next day, Lincoln Riley is hired as the head coach of USC. And then the next day, Notre Dame head coach, by the way, the winningest head coach in Notre Dame history, Brian Kelly, departs. Tip for LSU. So, I ask it's you, wild. I ask you, which was more shocking to you? Lincoln Riley going to U- leaving Oklahoma or Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame? See, it, this is difficult. Because there are things that make both very shocking, but are also things that I kind of, I can't say expected, but like it makes sense to me. Um, so for Lincoln Riley, obviously, I'm sorry, Oklahoma fans, USC is a step up. Oh my. Right? We've discussed this. It is one of the top brands in sports. It's the biggest sleeping giant in college football. It is. Like this, if USC is good. Oh, oh, everyone watches. uh, Yeah. They (laughs) are like, I mean, I don't want to compare them to this because I hate them, but like, they're like the Giants and the Cowboys of They're the Cowboys. They're the Cowboys of, oh, the the Cowboys. That's exactly what they are. People are fans of USC, even if they have never stepped foot in California. Yep. It's just, it's a very weird 
school thing, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And it's a great step up for a coach. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, that made sense. Right. Am I a little surprised it happened? This quickly? With, yeah. With Lincoln Riley, too? Yes. Am yeah. I surprised that a coach took advantage of this? No. No, no, gosh, no. So, and I, yeah. I expected a big name. So, is that the bigger surprise to you? However, Brian Kelly. Yeah. Also weird, just because he was do- he wasn't doing bad at Notre Dame. He's the best all time. And going from Notre Dame, also one of the bigger brands in sports, as we've discussed, um, going to LSU is not a step up. It's a more of a lateral move. I got some thoughts about that. Okay, I just think it's a more similar because Notre Dame, as we know, people know Notre Dame again across the country. So my my I'll say the more surprising ah, shoot. I'll say the more surprising was Lincoln Riley because of his ties to the Midwest area and stuff and True. I think, you know, he could have won a national championship at Oklahoma. It's he, surprising that he was the coach that left. Yeah, it is. But Brian Kelly, my thing is with that is he he had reached his ceiling at Notre Dame. He was the winningest right. all-time coach. It's hard to win there. The academic, you have to get the kid accepted to Notre Dame before you can offer him a scholarship. The religious overtones of the university, it's just, it's just tough to win there. And he would they would go 12-0, they'd, they'd got in the playoff a couple times, and then they'd get their ass kicked by Clemson is, or Alabama. You know how I just said every right? year. I that if uh with pride that I said that a a good way for this to not work out is if it kind of fills a yeah. little out. Yes. Even though right now I know Notre Dame feels like this was a shock to them, mm-hmm. this feels more of that kind of fizzling out. Yeah. This relationship so was I, not going to go any farther than this. Yeah, I think he saw at Notre Dame, like, I I don't have the roster to compete with Alabama, Clemson, yeah. Georgia, Ohio State. I thought, I'm going to go to LSU, where immediately I have a team that can compete with them. And he tried. It's not from a lack oh, he of tried. Time. Oh, he tried. You know? He got Cincinnati to 12-0 and left them in the dead of night, too. Yeah. Before their bowl game. So then, this is what I want to transition to. And you and I, we talked about it, and we mostly, I think we agree on this. Mm-hmm. Do you have an issue with the timing of these departures? Because Notre Dame, if all falls their way, could make the playoff. Yeah. But I don't have an issue with the timing. I don't, yeah, I See, don't either. Because... In, it's the world we, we, we talked live in. about this. It's the world we live in. It's what we talked about. In any other job, yes, this would not matter. That's right. There is no such thing as worrying about timing because everyone understands that there's no your, yeah. There's your no new job requires you to do things right that then. that starts right away. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about that. And college um, coaching, football coaching, or any actually sports coaching, that is the case. You don't just get to be like. All right, guys, I put in my three weeks, my two weeks, my two months. I'm going to be out at the end of the season, and I'm not going to worry about anything else for the other team until I'm done with this one. Yeah, that's not that's realistic. That's not how it works. It, it, with assistance, maybe. We saw Sarkeesian do it with Alabama. He he was named the head coach of Texas a month before, but stuck around with Alabama through the playoff yeah. as their offensive coordinator before he left. But offensive coordinator, that's, that's different. different. But You can do that. But link, Yeah. Coach head coach, head coach. Yeah. that's hard. So people, a lot of people are saying, 
well, you know, what about the players? What about the players? What about the players? What about the players? These players are making money now. They have autonomy they, also. They can get into this transfer portal and they whenever they want. Them, they if, could. If, if, they, if they're benched, you know, Spencer Rattler, credit to him, he didn't enter the portal until the season was over. But players get benched. They enter the portal week three. Yeah. So what about the play? It doesn't, like, I'm sorry that, you know, the coach promised, you know, this. I'm going to make him into a man. I'm going to get him to the end of. I'm so. It's the That's way. That's his job. It's the way him. it is. He it, doesn't know these players. I heard this. This was explained best. I can't remember who it was, but they said like someone tried to use it. You know, these coaches teach the. We're going to teach them about life. You know, we're going to make them a man. We're going to have them handle it, and that's why they shouldn't duck out on them. No, the more manly thing teams is. Sorry, it's part of the business. Yeah. This is what you have to deal with. Is it going to suck at first for the 18, 17, 18, 19 year old kids? Maybe. But it's part of the business. Well, not only that, but it's gonna, if they want to pursue this professionally, this happens in a lot more ways than just coaches moving and yeah. changing. Yep. Your teammates will change. You might get traded. Yeah. I mean, this is stuff you just got to get used to. This yeah. is part this, of sports. If you want to be in it, you got to get used to it. It's the business. I have no issue with the timing of it. Yeah. Do I have a was Brian Kelly's two minute meeting at seven AM yesterday morning with the Notre Dame players a little weird? Probably. Didn't love the way he handled it. Yeah. Uh Lincoln Riley kinda leaving in the middle of the night. Maybe it's a little weird, but I mean the timing, no, no issue with it. No issue. And Lincoln Riley, like you said, that's a home run hire for USC. Because Malachi Nelson, the number three quarterback, the number three overall player quarterback decommitted from Oklahoma committed to USC yep it, these coaches I mean man. that's what these kids are doing they shouldn't be mad that they're like for example I'll, I've also heard oh but what about all the kids who signed and they wanted to go to that school because of that coach there is nothing that says they can't decommit yeah transfer portal that if they is, sign it's different but transfer portal and if we have seen so many things they give a lot of leniency to those kids that is not a concern of mine I applaud the coaches for going after their dreams and doing the things that they want to do because that is what's more important. Yeah, I think both. I think it was good hires for both teams. I think they got what they wanted. So now that leaves openings at Oklahoma and Notre Dame, which is also interesting. But it looks like Notre Dame is hiring their defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman. It looks like they're promoting him to head coach. And I'm worried. You know what I'm thinking? I'm worried that this is in his head. He's never been head coach before. And I'm like, does Notre Dame really want... I have thoughts about this. Yeah, what? I think this hire is coming through as a, hey, you're going to be the head coach because they want to put some confidence in this guy in case things do, the cookie crumbles their way. And they might get into the playoff. They need two teams to lose. You can't can't name somebody an interim head coach and expect them to do well. No. But I think this is an unofficial interim head coach position. No, he's apparently he is. Are you sure? Yes. Because my other thought for this is I bet you they have another uh, eyes on some other guys, but they're going to wait until the season is over and perhaps wait until the NFL season is over. No, Urban. I know you where think? you're going. I know where you're going with this. Urban Meyer has come out and said, yes. "No, I'm not coming back to college. I'm trying to build something here." That would be. Re- and I, I thought it was a fit at first. Now I think it would be a terrible fit. But well, didn't he say that was his dream job? Yeah, but that 
he said that like 10 years ago and stuff changes and that's true i don't think culturally it matches but i don't, I don't I, think urban meyer is interested in getting these kids academically ready to be at notre dame as well as playing that's just me true but i do think that this is potentially a way for notre dame to save some time no i think get i think freeman's the head coach you think so yes for that's next what season? i'm reading that's what it says okay um, an interesting name has come up in the Oklahoma coaching search. Um, Justin Frank. No. <laughs> um, Cliff Kingsbury, oh, the coach of the 9-2 and two Arizona Cardinals. That's bad. And that makes sense. When he was asked on in a press conference about it, he said, I'm not focused on that right now. <laughs> Which means... Not yes, he is. No. He's not saying no. And I think there was a follow-up question to say, why not just squash it now? And he said, I'm focused on the Bears or something like that. Yeah, that means it's a concern. That means that they're talking. Buying some time. That was a phrase I was thinking Buying some time. But, see, again, if you're Oklahoma, National Signing Day is in two weeks. You need to get that. Two weeks from today, December 15th. You know what that is? It's Cliff Kingsbury going to leave a 10-2 and two football NFL team to go to Oklahoma. That'd be insane. I mean, it depends what... That'd be absurd. He might be, you know, he's doing well in the NFL right now, right? However, maybe he doesn't like the NFL. Maybe it's not his favorite. Maybe he does prefer college, right? Yeah, maybe, but he's... It's possible. Uh, he wasn't that good in college. I don't know what Oklahoma sees in him. he wants to, I don't know, redeem himself in college. I don't know. That would be a wild hire. I don't know what Oklahoma's going to do. So, yeah, it's the coaching carousel. Um, Lots of exciting things happening. All we'll there. quickly predict who we think will make the college football playoffs since mm-hmm. the final games will be played this weekend. We'll go through the games here. I've got the conference championship games that have playoff implications. First start the Big 12 championship. Who do you think wins? Oklahoma State or Baylor? I think Oklahoma State wins gets to 12 and 1. Yeah, I just don't care. No, I need you to pick. I know, but I'll pick Oklahoma no, State. No, this is important cuz it's really I understand, cool. but it Okay. Michigan or Iowa? Michigan. You think Michigan wins? I think they're going to ride out this high of beating Ohio State, which we didn't talk about, but that's okay. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Michigan gets over the hump against Ohio State in the interesting that game. That was a horrible game to watch. For Ohio State fans, I'm sure. Yes, you were that you cheered. Well, you know, your sister goes there and... And come on, it's Ohio State. Always and like I don't like Michigan and we like much. Ohio. I don't, I don't like We Harbaugh. got married in the state I don't like of Ohio. Harbaugh, so, yeah, not great. So Michigan, if Michigan wins, they're in. Can't so hate Ohio if you uh, got married there. Georgia versus Alabama. Who do you think wins? Bama. Mm, yeah. Wow. I don't think Georgia can do it. I don't. I, yeah, I think Kirby Smart is too in his head about Saban, and I think Saban gets him, which puts two SEC teams in the playoff, and then Michigan, mm-hmm. and then. So, okay, then with those results, we have Georgia, Bama both in. Michigan's in. Yep. So if Cincinnati wins, you got 13-0 Cincinnati, 12-1 Oklahoma State. What does the committee do? I think they put Cincinnati in. I think in. they put in Cincinnati. I think you should. Yeah. But will they? I think they might. I think okay. this is the year they might. I think so, too. I think the story's great. It, I mean, they've really proved themselves. They're not some, like, 
crappy team that just happened to be crappy team that's doing well and having lucky They wins. did go off the road and beat Notre Dame. I know. That's what I'm saying. They're not having... It's not, oh, that little team that's happening to be... That seems to be beating these crappy other teams and they seem to be having a good season, but really they're just lucky. Like, they're really proving themselves. Because, mm. like, uh, what was it? Was it UCF? Yes, in 2017. That was like a whole argument. Everyone was so mad that they didn't get into the playoffs because they went undefeated. Well, they didn't start as high. That's my they, point. They never got to. I know. That's four. my point. My point is that it, this is not the same situation. The only precedent that I would have that te- that Cincinnati could get left out is I go back to the first year of the playoff. It was 2014, where the before conference championship week. TCU was ranked third. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot, wait. What was the... Number one was Bama. Number two was Florida State. Number three was... Or- no, number one was Bama. Two was Oregon. Three was TCU. Florida State was four. Baylor, five. Ohio State, five. And Baylor was sixth. So just think of all that. Mm-hmm. Bama wins SEC, one. Um, Florida State wins the ACC, three. Oregon won the Pac-12, they're two. Ohio State, with a third-string quarterback, not remember, not ranked in the top, not in the top four at that point. They beat Wisconsin 59-0. Mm-hmm. TCU wins. TCU's ranked third in that same week. They do play. They win 55 to 3, and they drop from 3 to 6. And Ohio State goes in. So that's the only precedent I have right. where Cincinnati plays, wins, looks good, and drops out. Yeah. So it's happened before. It has. But I, just, I don't know. So, I have a feeling Cincinnati's going to get it. So, we, so then in that scenario, Bama 1, Bama 1, Michigan 2, Georgia 3, Cincinnati, Cincinnati 4. four. Yep. Okay. That'd be interesting. All right. I think that's all we got. I think so. I'm trying to go to bed. I'm tired. Tired too. We went to bed late yesterday, last night. Yeah, we did. It's almost finals week for me. Yeah, whoop. So, yeah, so to wrap it all up, excited for Pride to get going in Blacksburg. We're excited to have him. Hopefully, he will be a nice breath of fresh air, as you put it, as the new coach. So, for that, we will let you go and we will hopefully be back maybe around college football playoff time to talk about the teams and we'll find a time to go before maybe our honeymoon. We do a Quick episode before the we pack away for the honeymoon. Right. I don't think we're gonna take all this stuff with us. And I'm not like so. no no. <laughs> no, I'm saying before. Yes, that's more doable. So there we go. Maybe then we'll be back and have the Christmas holiday, and then NFL playoffs are gonna wrap up. So, whoop, whoop. so Washington football team. If the season ended today, would be in the playoffs. By the way, if the season ended today, the Browns would not be. Not be. <laughs> Ooh, that's another conversation. Let's not discuss day. that. I'm not ready. No. We will, we, we're going to have a, have a full pod dedicated to what's going on in Cleveland. But for now, we'll leave you with that. Good luck to Coach Pry. We're going to bed. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.